Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from Sonatype, a trusted partner for open source governance, management, and compliance. This is your host, Mark Miller. This is Mark Miller. I'm talking with Neil Metatol and Richard Greenberg, who are the co-organizers of AppSec California. Morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Morning. You guys produced your second event in January of this year. I want to go into a little background first. Of How did you guys get the idea of doing a local AppSec event? About Back in 2010, uh, Neil and the uh, uh, the board in the LA chapter got together and pitched the OWASP mothership to put on AppSec USA in California, and we were successful. And it was held down in Irvine. Neil had a lot of contacts down there. He's from Orange County, and he was uh, very involved in the board down there. It was uh, a really incredible learning experience for us. A lot of bumpy roads. But it was a dramatic success, a lot of it to do with the speakers that we were able to get. After several years, Neil approached me again and said, we need, to, we need to do something here for California to do a regional event. And I said, sure, sounds great. And, uh, again, he did a lot of the, the initial legwork to get things going. We had AFSEC California in 2014. Uh, we found an amazing venue literally on the beach in Santa Monica, California. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, uh, it's called the Annenberg Beach House. It's a community uh, building run through the city of Santa Monica. And it proved to be one of the great draws uh, and one of the great things that made this conference such a success. How how many people showed up? Uh, last year we had about 250. This year we were, we were about 320. Wow, that's nice. That's nice. Neil, when you started putting this together with Richard, um, how did you envision the different chapters working together? Well, actually, we imagined uh, sort of everyone contributing equal situation. That didn't really play out in, uh, the first year. It definitely played out much more this year. Uh, but I definitely wanted it to be an event where everyone contributed equally, everyone sort of got the glamour equally, everyone sort of got the profits equally, and that sort of thing because we didn't sort of want sort of a head chapter or a head group or anything like that. As you were putting it together, Richard, and I'm asking this for the other chapter leads who would consider doing this, how did you handle expenses? Did you have a budget that you had to live by, and then how did you raise that budget? Uh, yeah, Neil um, was one of the key people in helping to manage the budget. Um, I was driving uh, sponsorship and trying to help out with marketing. Uh, we did some press releases to try to get the word out there. Uh, but the first year, considering it was our first year, we decided to keep the sponsorship dollars low, the cost low for that, and also uh, the admission price was ridiculously low just to en encourage people to come uh, to this event. OWASP has a planning spreadsheet all the different things you'll need to do to build a conference. And it's up there on the OWASP site. And that was used. Um, we made a couple of modifications to it, but that was a key planning tool for us. 
Great. How did did Laura jump in and help you, or did you guys just fly solo? We did have some support, particularly once a sponsor was identified and expressed interest. They then took over in the, the interactions with them, getting the contract signed, answering their questions. They also provided some support on site last year, not this past year though. We were we were uh, managing it ourselves at this geographic location. And what are we talking about as far as budget? Did you have to come up with a hundred grand, two hundred grand? What did you have to spend? Well, I can pull those numbers up right now. Um, but one thing I just want to anecdotally, anecdotally interject was when the price was so low, uh, we did have about two hundred fifty tickets sold. But in terms of people who showed up, uh, it was probably closer to about sixty to seventy percent. When we raised the prices for this year significantly. We had a, you know, pretty much everyone showed up. There were no no shows. You know, that's a great anecdote because I found that consistent. If you have a free or a low cost event, you can absolutely anticipate that 30 to 35 percent of the people will not show up. So that's a, so what did you end up finally charging that was the tipping point for that? Our tickets were 450, uh, $50 off for members. And throughout the entire time, we had a $50 student rate. We were also a lot more generous with discount codes this year. Um, last year, they were somewhat of an afterthought, and I think two people used them. This year, much closer to about a third of the people would use them, which is obviously good because then we can track sort of how people are learning about this event, whether it's a Twitter discount code, whether it's a LinkedIn discount code, whether it's a uh, discount code we gave to a sponsor. Um, that was huge this year. But I do have the budget numbers pulled up now. In total, we spent 100 and oh, sorry, income-wise, $149,148, and we spent $104,939. Um, those numbers sort of line up with scenario number two. If you're familiar with the OWASP budgeting sheet, they give you three scenarios based on your ticket sales and your sponsorship income and just sort of levels you can shoot for. And that's firmly aligned with scenario number two which I guess would say we sort of planned well. We didn't hit our stretch goal, but we also didn't hit our lowest goal. So what happened to the extra funds? Sounds like you had about 35, 40 grand. The conference split, I believe, means 10% goes back to OWASP, and the rest is going to be split between the chapters. Wow, that's awesome. That's great. And that money will go towards uh, potentially good speakers at local chapters to help uh, rekindle interest in some chapters that might be lagging to cover the food for the monthly meetings when there aren't sponsors that are stepping up, um, and then potential workshops that we could be putting on. So it's badly needed money because at OWASP, you know, that we can't charge for our monthly meetings. So that's this is pretty much it. This is our one chance for the entire year to help put a little money into the coffers. And that list of things that can be done can really be expanded, too. Like the Orange County chapter is talking about donating to open source projects, like bringing in students to next year's conference and paying their tickets and all that. The list really goes on and on. So with all this money, we'll have a lot of power to do good. When you were analyzing the ticket sales, how many non-members showed up? Well, let me answer that in a slightly different way. Okay. Um, what we did to help bring more people into the fold is that for the, the regular price of the conference, you get a, a, if you're not a member, you can opt in to become a member of OWASP for no additional cost. So that, of course, takes a little bit of money out of the profit, but at the same time, it will build up membership, which I think is, is a, a parallel goal to everything else we're trying to achieve. 
Great. How many people took advantage of that? I think about 45. Wow. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And again, that's not just one chapter that's spread around. And on, and there are some that would identify their home chapter as Phoenix, let's say, or another, or up north. So it's not just local, but the vast majority are in the SoCal area. As you were planning the event, I think one of the concerns of people trying to do this is how do you get good speakers to show up? What was the incentive for people to, to travel and come and speak for you? We had an unfair advantage. Not, not everyone's going to experience being on the beach in January. So that helps. But also, I think the reputation of uh, a lot of the people on the planning committee over the years, you know, again, from AppSec USA 2010, um, and the fact that we have thriving chapters here, uh, that helped quite a bit. And then once you just get a couple of good speakers, then those names can be used to attract others who want to be associated with this. The feedback, once the conference was over, what kind of feedback did you get from the attendees? Uh, pretty overwhelmingly good feedback. Um, last time I checked, 100% of respondents said they'd either be back next year or tell their friends to come next year. What do you think was was the draw there as far as, was it the way it was run? Was it the speakers? What got people excited about it? I think it's a combination of everything, obviously. Um, definitely the speaker lineup was superb. Um, not to, Obviously, the year before was great, too, but when you have a great lineup and you sort of have a lot of great people around and you're sitting on a beach and it's 75 degrees out and it's kind of hard to complain about anything at that point. So it just sort of elevates everyone's mood. And people really enjoy the outside space of the conference, you know, the, the unconference, the hallway con became the sit down at a table on a beach con and stare at the sand. I think that helps. As you're looking at this, I'm sure you guys will plan on doing this again if it was that successful. First of all, what kind of energy did the both of you have to put in? Was this time-consuming? Were you able to spread the workload out? How did it all get done? It's not for the faint of heart, put it that way. It's a lot of work. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. No, it's, really no, but it, it's a lot of fun. Last year, we definitely uh, didn't have as much help as we did this year. This year, we had able to spread it out over all the chapters. A lot of people just sort of stepped up when things needed to be done. So having a bunch of good volunteers that aren't afraid to step up just makes it a lot better. Yeah, but word it still advice. is very draining. Yeah, any chapter who's looking to do this, um, it's really helpful to team up with some nearby chapters. That's that's a key thing because as much as we have good dedicated people in Orange County and L.A., you know, there's a lot of work to do to put on one of these. So you want to spread the work around. So line up your people up front, get commitments, time commitments from them up front. Uh, outline all the different tasks. And again, this is from the OWASP How to Plan a Conference Sheet. You'll see all the things needed. And identify responsible people and plug them in. And if you have those people in place and there are people that will honor deliveries, then you will be successful. What kind of bottlenecks did you run into for people that were attending the event? It's supposed to look transparent and easy, but there had to be specific problems you guys had to overcome. Well, I think one of the biggest problems we have is there was a lot of single points of failure, um, which, you know, to tech people is the number one thing not to have. Uh, this involved, you know, I was pretty much the only one who had access to the registration system. I was the only person who had access to other things. So for people to get information, they had to come through me, 
sometimes coming through me meant I had to go through someone else. So sort of being able to broadcast all this information, make sure everyone's on the same page is a little bit of a challenge, something we're definitely going to work on for next year. Um, no, that's that's something people wouldn't think about. That's a good one. Yeah, and also no matter how much you plan, and no matter how many years' experience you might have putting on events, there's always logistical things that pop up just before the conference about the venue and even the day of the conference where there's a misunderstanding among people that are running it from what was decided upon or the venue. Something's always popping up. And I don't believe any of that really was transparent to the attendees, which is uh, really a good thing. Um, but that's because everything else was, was handled so well. Richard, give me give me an example. What happened that was unexpected on the day of? We should have planned this, but the year before, and this is another important thing too, after your first year, really get good feedback from both sponsors and the attendees as well as the planners. Set up a lessons learned, do a post-mortem meeting, and think of things you can improve. An example is in 2014, we had a room where our vendor tables were set up, uh, a typical setup that you'd see in, in most exhibitor spaces, and we got a couple of complaints that it was kind of tight. Um, we also got a, a complaint that there wasn't enough traffic initially. Neil came up with a good idea of putting the um, a coffee buffet table inside that room, and that drove a lot of people. So the, the uh, second half of the first day and the second day were vastly improved as far as traffic, and that, that worked out quite a bit. Um, attendees really couldn't tell that there was any issue, but uh, we responded immediately with a good solution. Uh, but also they complained the space was a little bit tight. So what we did this year, we moved this, and again, you have to remember where we were. This is an unusual situation. We moved all the vendors out onto the pool deck. Yes, I said pool deck. There's a huge Olympic-sized pool, and then we put the vendors lined up all along the side of the pool on, uh, facing each other, and then we put a tent over it. Because even though this is sunny Southern California, it does occasionally rain around this time of year. December, January, February are the rainiest months. So there is a gamble, but again, the, it's, it's nothing compared to uh, what many of you are listening to. And, of course, the night before, and actually on the first day of the event, which is just training, um, it rained. So there was a bit, bit of water. And when the vendors showed up early in the morning, there were a few puddles of water, and a couple of them had a monitor that needed to be plugged in to electricity. So that was a little bit of a concern that we had to get the venue to come out and quickly get rid of that water. The tent itself didn't have enough overhang on each end, which meant that uh, water could accumulate, and, and there was a couple of, of swells in the top of the tent on the side. So we'll have to look for next year, again, learning lessons learned, to, to get more overhang from the tent, maybe set it up a little bit larger to accommodate these type of potential issues. We've been lucky with weather. Two years in a row, we had no rain, except, as I said, on the first day, which was just training. So, and, but it can happen at any time. And that was the first day it had rained all January, which just made it that much better. But if I could boil down Richard's statement a little bit more, something more generic, verify who the, what, verify the work who aren't part of the volunteers, you know, verify their work. You know, the tent sort of setup didn't work exactly the way we had planned. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of things like we had a freight forwarder who was storing, storing all the spot, the vendor equipment and they weren't very reliable and they weren't going to show up, so I kept checking in on them, and sure enough, they showed up at the last possible minute. 
But of all the things that can go wrong, the things that you have the least control over are the things that you don't actually control. So being a micromanager and constantly checking up on things not only will make you feel better and make sure everything will go right, but uh, better experience for your attendees as well. Yeah, and you better have a, a, a project manager, so to speak, who oversees everything because everyone has responsibilities and everyone does them the best way they think they should be done. But unless you have someone just checking the list and, and checking the deliverables saying, oh, you know what, this was done, but that's not what we talked about or agreed upon, or this isn't done the best way, and, oh, yeah, we forgot to post this, these logos for these vendors, sponsors that came in late. We, we need these up there. So there's a lot of little things, none of them game breakers, of course, but little things that, you know, if you want to give a good experience for everybody involved, you, you should make sure they get done. So as things progress through the phases of the delivery and the planning process, make sure there's somebody who has oversight, kind of like QA. Just somebody's checking things to making sure it works. Nice insight. As far as the rest of the event went, uh, is there anything else you'd do differently next time? You, you've got the outdoor part of the venue with the vendors that has a potential weather conflict. What else would you do different next time? Well, we haven't discussed that part yet. <laughs> well, we'll we, <laughs> we started a list. We posted that onto our, um, our AppSec site for the planners. And it's lessons for next year. Uh, as we move forward, we'll be discussing those. Um, I met with the LA board last night. We did a postmortem of the of AppSec, and we discussed things that we thought could be improved or things that could be changed. And so we'll be doing that as a team, our planning committee for next year. We've already established our dates. We put the request into the venue for next year um, to make sure we grab that. Again, being on the beach, it's a popular spot. So um, we're going forward with AppSec California 2016, and we'll have to start kicking off meetings before too long. I guess that begs the question, then, are you going to re reuse that location? Without a doubt, because that's one of the, the big drawing cards. Financially, then, the the attendee cost, is it going to remain the same since you had a uh, a budget overrun. Are you going to lower the cost? Keep it the cost? How are you going to How are you going to do that? That's premature. We haven't even met yet to discuss any of this planning for that, other than to grab the date. But clearly, we are limited in the number of attendees, and that's the trade-off we're making. Um, most Most people think initially, "Hey, let's continue to grow, grow, grow every year, get bigger, bigger, get more people in," and that is a nice and and, and desirable goal. But with the venue that we have and the feelings that emanate throughout the conference and afterwards, we decided it's a worthy trade-off. Let's just keep it here. We'll have to keep it small, but it's just a fantastic experience for anyone who comes. What about external activities? Did everybody go out on the town together? Did you have a clam bake? What did you guys do for external? There was a BJJ SmackDown event. I don't know if you consider this external, but there was also a bug bash event for bug bounties. Well, we, we also, also had, had a our, reception. our opening night reception after the first day. That was great. That was, uh, was that at the venue or somewhere else? Yeah, it was, it was at the venue. What else should I be asking you guys? Make sure that when you go in, and this is here's the tricky part. When you go in and start negotiating with any venue, they'll do their best that they can to give you an idea of everything, but... You need to plan a buffer of, of 
pot of money to handle the unexpected additional costs that will come up, because there will be some. A couple of examples with us that probably will not occur anywhere else, because we were on the pool deck, we had to pay for a lifeguard for every day to be on duty. We had to also pay for an additional security guard. We had to pay for some extra bartenders for the party because of, of you know, people's concerns about liability. We had to get insurance. So those are just a couple of examples of little things that you wouldn't normally think about. Didn't we almost get charged by the fire marshal because we had a tent? That's when I kind of lost my mind. Yeah, there are permits required for a lot of different things at this particular venue. But just make sure when discussions occur with the venue that there there aren't any other required costs not necessarily associated directly with the venue. It sounds like you guys would have an unqualified encouragement for other chapters to do stuff like this. Did I hear that correctly? The feelings emanating from this were just so overwhelmingly positive. And it's just it's a great boost for the morale of, of board members and volunteers that, hey, we're really having an impact. We're making a, a, a good feeling throughout the community and might encourage more people uh, to want to join us and ultimately write the goal of OWAS to get people thinking more seriously about secure development. And on my end, I just have a blast during the conference. The amount of fun I have during the conference is sort of chatting with everyone, seeing everyone enjoying themselves, hearing the compliments, you know, hearing people say good things about the conference just feels so good it makes the previous nine months worth it. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it really does. You kind of forget all the bad parts and only remember the good parts. Yeah, when you hear people say to you and also look at some of the survey comments where they go, this is the best conference I've ever been to, or this is the best speaker lineup I've ever experienced, or this is the best venue, or this is the best feelings I've ever had at a conference, how can you not feel, you know, that you did something really good for everybody? Richard, you've mentioned that a couple times, and I want to finish off with that idea that it's not necessarily the tangible things that people walk out with, whether it's the swag or the sessions that they attended, but it's actually the feeling that emanates from the event. Yeah, that, that kind of stood out with our AppSecs versus some other conferences that you might attend where it's notably about the speakers, but also about the networking. But you don't have that same feeling, and I think a lot of that is is because of the caring that went into it. Of course, some of it is Southern California in January. That's really important. I mean, look, we're all volunteers, so we're clearly not in it for anything other than just that kind of enjoyment and that feeling of, of giving to something that we really believe in. Neil, any final words from you? Just that I definitely encourage everyone to go out and do this, um, whether it's a small event or a large event. You know, Richard mentioned we did AppSec USA, but I did a smaller event before that and a smaller event after that. It's a lot of fun. It's really not as hard as you think it is. There's plenty of resources available for OWASP, and obviously the people who have organized conferences before are always willing to help out because we understand the pain. So uh, definitely encourage everyone to go out there and start their own events. Yeah, I'd like to add one other thing. It's really important that we engage our other community members. There are a lot of other organizations out there like ISSA, HTCIA, Cloud Security Alliance. We engage them. We got them to help market our event for us. We give them tables at our event. So we just build a collaborative environment here in Southern California. We have joint meetings with them on occasion on a monthly, some of our monthly meetings. So it's one large community that's trying to help 
you know, everybody learn more and, and share ideas. Neil, Richard, thank you both for the effort that you put in, your support of the OWASP community in general, and I'm sure people are going to be excited about seeing what you're coming up with next year. Come join us. Thank you. I've been talking to Neil Metadol and Richard Greenberg, the co-organizers from AppSec California. They're going to have a new conference next year. I'm hoping it's going to be in January on the beach again, and we hope to see everybody there. You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller. OWASP 24-7 is sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from... Sonatype, a trusted partner for open source governance, management, and compliance.